0: Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary person, Niles and Mr. Belvedere, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your Problem Gambling Hotline. If you do not know how to contact your Problem Gambling Hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our hosts' past performances are not indicative of anyone's future performances, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events, unrelated to outcomes, may be omitted to prevent listener boredom. it's me it's trg the rambling gambler the podcast host who is enigmatic incognito charismatic evolutionary revolutionary and very excited to be hosting episode 104 of our casino combat podcast i appreciate you taking time to join me today if this is your next time welcome back good to see you again i appreciate you taking the time and being here if this is your first time if you choose to listen and learn, you may have just changed your life. That's a pretty bold statement on my part, that is. But you may have just changed your life if you just found this podcast for the first time. You see, I know how to beat the game of casino gambling. In fact, I know how to beat several specific wagers that, occur, that are available in almost any casino anywhere in the world. It took me years to learn this. It took me decades of trial and error and doing things the wrong way and making mistakes. And I'd like to help you not make those mistakes. I'd like to be your cheat code to skip 30 years of learning. And here is the crazy part. Here is the absolutely insane, nuts, crazy part about this. That isn't a pitch. That isn't a pitch. That's just a statement of fact because I figured it all out and I gave it to the world. I didn't charge anybody anything. I'm not sitting here doing this podcast to tell you I know something and then if you'll just come to my event or you'll just attend my online this or you'll just come to a mastermind that, then I'll then I'll start to tell you and then I'm going to charge you some more and tell you some more. No, I figured it out. I don't know why in the world I would want to charge you for it. I'm just here to teach you what I know if you want to learn. I want to teach to anyone who wants to learn how to make regular income and have an amazing time and get amazing free stuff and trips and rooms and food and shows. I just want to teach you how to do that. I am offering to teach you how to do that and all you have to do is listen. And then full disclosure, Some places where I am heard, there may be a short commercial, and if there is, I will get about one penny from the people that told me to speak those words so that you would hear them. So that's kind of what we're doing here. I'm teaching you. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to educate and inform. I'm trying to share what I know, and I've monetized that to the extent of roughly one penny per listen by doing commercials for sponsors on some platforms. So that's what it's all about. That's what we're going to do today. But I also need to tell you that our content is delivered in a variety of ways and on a variety of platforms and in a variety of places. Our website, casinocombat.com. Combat is spelled with a K. We spell a lot of things with a K because it was just cheaper. That's why we do that. It was completely a money-driven choice to use Ks everywhere. If you're just discovering all of this, Check out the website. We have educational materials that you can download. We have blog posts that you can read to get up to speed and you can see results from past months. You can see what I've done and see how it might impact your life if you could and chose to do the same things. If you could do the same things and chose to do them, you can see what impact that might have on you. We have a podcast theme song that is new. You can listen to that and enjoy that. We have social media that where we communicate with you on a timely basis about what's going on, share things we think are useful, interesting, fun, funny. And all those links are on the website so that you can find us on social media, so that you can like and share things, so that you can recommend things to others, so that you can connect with other listeners. We have a Facebook group called the Casino Combat Squad, and you can meet other listeners. You can learn from them. You can hear what they're doing. You can hear how their results match or don't match my results. My grandson, the little lion, is about two and a half years old. And he is just a sponge that soaks up all kinds of information from everyone and everything. If you decide to, if you want to learn, you can be a sponge. And you can soak up all the information that our podcast has to offer across all the places that we offer it. All right, enough of that. I'll run down the battle plan in a minute and tell you what this is, what is happening this episode. I'll lay that all out for you, as I always do. But let's start with something that I'm experiencing In the Casino Combat Galaxy. Something the Casino Combat Galaxy is teaching me. Something I am learning somewhat. Something I didn't want to learn. But I'm being educated and informed by the galaxy. See, I started this. I'm just kind of shocked and confused. and, And a bit sad and annoyed. And this doesn't really make sense to me. Because, see, I started this. I started this with the assumption that because I could do it. And because I can do what I do easily, I assumed it would be easy for everyone. And I assumed that everyone would want to be able to do what I can do. That they would prefer winning and getting free stuff to losing and getting free stuff or losing and not getting free stuff. I I, I really could not fathom the idea that someone would be aware and then not want to do this. I, I just, I couldn't, couldn't, I, I, I'm i still surprised that the the Galaxy is showing me, the Casino Combat Galaxy is showing me that that's a false assumption. And that's going to be a bit of a theme, I think, that we're going to hear in at least one or two ways today. But I want to tell you about a, a, a gentleman that I've got to know, a guy that I met, and I met him at my local casino maybe, I don't know, three months ago, sometime over the summer. Ran into him at the blackjack table and then ran into him a little bit later at the bar while I was doing numbers and we got talking about things and the topic of the podcast came up somehow, some way. don't recall. And I gave him a business card and told him about it and he seemed really, really interested. And then I ran into him again about two or three weeks later and he had questions and I answered them and then I ran into him at a blackjack table and we talked a minute and then I ran, he stopped by a bar a couple, couple weeks later, stopped by the bar and said, Hey, what about this? And I listened to this and this was really good. And the next time I saw him, we were at a blackjack table together and he's like, so that's, that's your play stack. And that's, so he knows the vocabulary, right? He's saying play stack and win stack and positive exit, and negative exit. So he's obviously been listening. He's obviously been hearing everything. He was kind of on his way in, and I was kind of on my way out at that table. Didn't think anything really about it. Just kind of seeing him regularly and getting to know him a little bit. Well, I got to play cards with him for an extended period of time last week. He just happened to sit down at a table where I was just getting started. It starts with him giving me this whole tale that... He uh, he was doing TRG one the week before and it worked really well and he and he and he made a lot of money and then it didn't work well and he didn't and I kind of went yeah that is unfortunately kind of the way you know TRG one works and then he's like yeah so I don't know maybe I gotta really start thinking about it start doing the meta martingale but I really haven't started and I'm thinking okay good there's, there's some good stuff going here. Well, then the conversation becomes. So I was just in Arizona, and I was out there for three or four days. You know, not at all, not all at the same casino. You know, I was out there for other things, and I wasn't at the same casino. But I was all over the state, and all I did was lose. Just all I did was lose. And I was trying to do the Met and Martin Martingale thing a little bit, but uh, what if this and mine and da da. And he's telling me this story, and then he proceeds to tell me that he lost. This huge amount of money on the first day, and this huge amount of money on the second day, and this huge amount of money on the third day, and this huge amount of money on the fourth day, and he can't win. And now he's back in town and he's here for the day, and he should be at work, but he's here trying to get it back, and he can't win. He's just losing. He can't win. I'm thinking, okay, wow, that sounds weird. And then I gotta tell you, if I had lost in that amount of days the amount of money he told me in dollars he lost, I would be begging for forgiveness from Mrs. TRG. I would be promising everybody and anybody that I would never be back in a casino again to do any serious gambling. I, I don't know how I would recover from the amount of money he said he lost. And I have no reason to think he was not telling me the truth based on the way I watched him play, which was the fascinating thing because the conversation then moved kind of onto some podcast topics and onto some technique topics and the fact that he's losing and losing. And losing, and I look and I realize, and I'm now kind of focused. It's like you're not doing any of the things I talk about. You clearly don't have a play stack and a win stack. You're losing some and then rebuying, and then making a ridiculously large bet, and then annoyed, and then taking the little bit you have left and making one unit bets, one unit bets, till you need to bring out more money, and you're not bringing it out in ten unit. Increments and you're not writing anything down, or there's no indication that you're keeping track of like what exactly you're doing or going. None of it made any sense. I couldn't even respond to the idea that, see, I just can't win, see, I just can't win. I couldn't even coach him to try to correct that because there was no aspect of what he was doing that I could match up with what I teach. With what we talk about here every episode, I couldn't find any, despite the language, despite the language he was using, despite the vocabulary he was using, I could not find a single bit of my techniques in what he was doing as a jumping off point to try to help him. As bad as I felt about all the money he'd been losing, a part of me wanted to scream, Stop! If you can't win and you know these words and you know how to use them, stop doing whatever this thing is you are doing and start doing the thing you are telling me you've listened to me teach. You're not telling me that you're doing my stuff and it doesn't work. You're telling me you've listened and you keep losing and you don't know why. Well, maybe the why is because you're not doing what you learned from me. You don't even seem to be trying. And that's the realization. That's the lesson. That's what I'm being taught by the galaxy. That's it. Maybe it's easy and maybe there are, maybe it's easy for me, but maybe there are people that just can't do it. And maybe there are people that can do it but it's not as easy for them as it is for me. And maybe there's a group of people that get exposed to this and could do it, but won't. Or could do it, but don't. And <laughs> that, that is stunning to me. If I ever, in the 30-ish years it took me to sort this all out, if someone had ever said to me, hey, I win pretty consistently. Once in a while, I lose some money, but when I lose some money, I make it up in comps and gifts. They give me way more than the little bit that I lose and spend. I would have been saying, tell me, tell me, is there a book? Tell me how, tell tell me how to do that. That's what I want to do. I want to do that. Tell me, please teach me. How can I learn? If I had not known how to do this, if someone else had created these materials and I had found them in whatever format, I would have just, I would have just dove in. I would have just I would have been buried in those books. I would have been buried in that videotape library. I would have been buried in wherever the presentation was. and I'd have been taking notes and I'd have been writing things down. I'd been practicing, I'd have been trying. I'd have wanted I'd have grabbed that information as fast and hard as I could have. And somehow, I was just such an idiot that I figured everybody would be that way. And everybody isn't. Everybody's not that way. There are a lot of people out there. Apparently, and to, as I said, my surprise, there's a group of people that I'm starting to call the can't, won't, don't crowd, and I haven't quite figured out yet how to put people in which boxes, but there are a group of people that have been exposed to this and either can't do it, won't do it, or don't do it, and I'm starting to figure out that they all have various reasons, and we're going to talk a little bit about more about that later, and... Now, let me just jump in. Let me just go ahead and jump in and tell you what uh, what our battle plan is for the day. Let's, let's let that conversation we just had stand for what it is, and, and let's jump in. What are we going to do today? What What should our battle plan be today? Here's our battle plan. We are going to have a moment of casino wisdom, and I want to talk a bit about how one of our casino wisdoms, from the point of view of an emotion that I think you should try to train yourself to look for and enjoy. Normally, I am about the idea that we want to eliminate most emotions, but I've realized that over and over and over, I feel something, and I'm learning to respect that and enjoy it, and I want to share that with all of you, and that's what we're going to do in Moment of Casino Wisdom. We are going to do a Gambling with Gabriel segment. It is not about craps. It is not even exactly about any one wager or game or table or technique or any of that. But it is, I think, really important. Maybe one of the more important things I've done. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to let it stand on its own, be what it is, and and speak for itself. I recorded it uh, a little while back when I had just left the casino and had spent some time with Gabriel, and I, I'm just going to let you hear what I what I came out of the casino, came back to the glorious Casino Combat Studios, and and hit the record button and and told told the air around me. We will do a results segment. I've got about two weeks of gambling to tell you about. I will pull out the important stuff uh, from all the events that happened. This is, as always, reality podcasting. I've got a couple weeks of reality gambling to tell you about. I, uh, I seem to recall, once again, when we get there, I'll pull up the spreadsheet. We'll do it together. We'll go through two weeks and kind of look at it. But I recall having a streak that, uh, as I recall, kind of ends in a... Rather spectacular failure. Uh, So I'll share that with you so that you can see, although it all works, this all works. We've got months and months and months in sex. We've got years and years of results, but it doesn't always work. And I want to show you that too. I want to show you that although it all works, it isn't all sunshine and roses. Not all the time. Not every day. Your expectations need to be real. Yes, this does work. Yes, the Casino Combat Arsenal, when fully deployed, is a massive, capable machine that will collect tremendous profits, experiences, goodies, all of that. The Arsenal is an amazing tool that you have your at your disposal. But we also acknowledge that every once in a while there's a misfire. As I said, not all sunshine and roses. So we'll we'll have some of that in the uh, in the results segment. And finally, we will hang out a bit in the virtual VIP lounge. I don't really have any specific, precise story in mind. I'm just going to pour myself something tall and strong, maybe a hurricane before I go insane. And I'm going to have some sips. And I'm going to spend that time just treating all of you as I would any friend in a favorite VIP lounge, any person that I'd gotten to know for a while. And I'm just going to share some random thoughts stories, experiences, and points of view about Las Vegas with children, Las Vegas with children around the holidays. And I'm going to have some both positive and negative takes for you, depending on the holiday, because the holidays are coming up fast. And I thought, you know, if I was just sitting around, if I was sitting around with equine ensign, If I was sitting around with ECE and ACE and Mrs. TRG and we were talking about the holidays and we were talking about how casinos had fit into the holidays, what would those conversations be? What would those stories be? What would we be drawing up that happened that kind of relates to that topic? And that's a little different than how I normally do the virtual VIP lounge, but we're going to see how that goes today. I think there will be some things to learn. I think you will find out some things that you maybe had not thought of. Maybe give you a different way to look at things. So that is our battle plan for the day. That's kind of our segment list. The squad is ready. Let's get started. The first thing that we are going to do is a moment of casino wisdom. Let me start this moment of casino wisdom by reminding you What a casino wisdom is. A casino wisdom combines knowledge about casinos or experiences with casinos, information about how casinos function. And a casino wisdom takes that and combines it with an action or a thing to do. I don't want to confuse the word action here. It combines that information or knowledge with something you should do in some situations in a casino. I had a thought recently, in fact, I just had the thought a few hours ago and I'm sharing it with you now, or this will get shared with you at some point in the future, but I I had a thought revolving around our casino wisdom number 33, which is want the win more than you want the action, and that's very important. That's the part where... We get up and walk away and a player or a dealer says, oh, you're done because they think you should keep going and you know you've won more than enough money to be done for the day. I want to talk about that situation and I want to talk about the idea that I've talked about over and over and over, which is my goal is to eliminate as many emotions as possible from my gambling. I don't want to feel greed. I don't want to feel anger. I don't want to feel sadness. I don't want to feel any of those negative emotions because those negative emotions in gambling drive you to mistakes or drive many humans to mistakes. I shouldn't speak for you. I have in the past experienced those emotions and done things that didn't help me win. So I want to kind of take that idea of taking out the negative emotions. I want the positive emotions. I want the joy. I want the the fun Of winning. I want the fun of being in a casino with my friends. I want the fun of taking my wife on dates and not having to actually pay for the dates because I'm cheap and I couldn't probably afford all the dates I take her on if we didn't have casinos to take care of that for us. So I want all those positive emotions. I want all the fun. And so my revelation today, my thought today revolves around those two ideas. And I want to focus on the want the win part of this because here's here's the the activities that cause me to feel this way. I go into my local casino and I do all my various paperwork at my kiosks. I get all my favorite, all my various stuff, not favorite, various stuff. I get the things that are to be gotten. I, I play the free slot play. I've got the slips of paper. I go to the bubble crafts machine. I continue gathering data on on bubble craps. Using TRG4, win more, keep more. And I, I go through the process and it works perfectly. Yeah, I take a loss here or a loss there. But fairly quickly, I hit my win goal. And boy, I realized that feels really good. Like, I don't want to play more and ruin it. Because I feel so good about being successful. I feel so happy that once again, this thing I've been testing and testing and testing that I can't guarantee it will work over 10,000 tries, but it once again kicked out exactly the result I want. And it did so easily easily and efficiently and well. And it was that good feeling. It was that about wanting that good feeling and enjoying it. And so I walked by and I said hi to Gabriel and I said hi to Spiked Dice and I, I talked to them a little bit and said hi to a couple dealers I knew and, and found a blackjack table and started playing blackjack at a basic level, at that tier one level, that one unit level. Went through the process and, and, and took a small loss and then took another small loss and then went to a tier two table after a little break to look at the Buddha statue and very quickly, boom, 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 caught a progressive side run. Everything went pretty well in a little bumpy spot in the middle, caught a blackjack and a good split, counted my chips, remembered what I'd won at bubble craps, realized I'd had no expenses for the day and I was over just by a little bit. And once again, I got that really good feeling again, that feeling of satisfaction at being good at my job at being really uniquely good at what I do. And that feeling, that is the want the win more than I want the action. And so I guess my suggestion is, I don't know all of you individually and I don't know your thought processes and I don't know your emotions, but my thought for you is this, see if that's true for you. See if you have that feeling, that feeling of satisfaction, that maybe almost feeling of pride in a good way, That you've come in, that you've executed to your plan, that you've done things and that you want that feeling, that feeling of satisfaction, accomplishment, execution, skill, all those good feelings, want all those things more than you want to play one more hand. See, when I hit that number in bubble craps, I didn't want to play anymore. I don't want to ruin it. I didn't want the action. I wanted the win. And I wanted the good feeling that came from knowing I was skilled enough to win. And when I hit that number in blackjack, and I had money left over to tip, and I hadn't tipped away my win, and I'd been tipping along the way, but when I had that moment, I didn't want to play one more hand. I didn't. I wanted to say goodbye. I'll see everybody tomorrow. Thanks for coming to work today. Thanks for being here to work with me. I didn't want the action. I do not want the action at all. Okay okay, I'll wrap this up with one funny story, and then we'll wrap up this segment. I talk about not wanting the action at all. I've got a coworker works at my local casino, he's a pit boss, captain courageous, really good guy, and I've made the suggestion to him on one occasion and to another pit boss that I've known for a long time on another on another occasion, particularly when their casinos busy, right? when there are a lot of tourists. Uh, and I guess that's a sem- semi-derogatory term for players that play to lose. Um, I consider them tourists. I guess civilians would be a more in-theme word. Civilians. So there are lots of civilians, and the civilians are going to lose their money, drink their beers, and go watch a sporting event. And so the casino is very busy, and the house has lots of opportunity to make lots of money. And so I, I walk in, and I... and It's in that situation, and I say to Captain Courageous, I say, you know, we kind of both know how this is going to go. If you'd like me to not take up this seat and make it available to someone who's going to lose more than me and probably more than I'm going to win, if you just want to count out my day's pay, I just won't even sit down. Just hand me my day's pay, and uh, I'll... I'll go to the cage and I'll be out of here and we can leave these seats for the civilians who, who are going to pay all of our salaries. His salary, my salary, right? We both get paid from the people that come in and lose. And he thought it for a minute and he said, yeah, I like the idea and that'll be less than you take from us a lot of times. Uh, I guess I got to watch you go through the motion anyway. I, I, I guess I really got to. And obviously that's a joke. In the context of that situation with with he and I, it's a joke. We're just joking around doing casino banter. But in the context of this casino wisdom, in in the spirit of casino wisdom number 33, want the win more than you want the action, if they would just agree to this, I don't need any action at all. I do not care. I will show up. They can hand me my chips. I will not play a single hand. I will consistently not lose. And I will consistently have less every month than I have a lot of months because I won't have those home run days where things just take off. I won't have those days where just as I'm about to leave, I get a split, a split, a double, a split, a double, and then I win a whole bunch and then I get to keep playing. None of those will occur. Honestly, it would be in the house's best interest. It's not something that will ever happen. It's a joke. It is not something they're going to do. But it demonstrates this. I don't want the action at all. I'll take the action and then that feeling of satisfaction, that feeling that I executed, that feeling of skill, I do want that. And so take a look, take a look in your own life. See if you can employ that technique of wanting that feeling of euphoria. And I've labeled it a variety of things. I realize that I'm rambling, but that you want that feeling of euphoria, satisfaction, success, accomplishment, pride, way more than you want to play one more hand after you've accomplished your goal. And maybe in some situations you get to extend, you get to do, you know, ECE's technique of keeping three wagers aside and it keeps going. I do that all the time because I like to think it's being professional. It's not being greedy, but I professionally want to win as much as possible if I can, since I've taken the time to sit there and they won't just count out my day's pay and let me, uh, let me go on about things. So there you go. A slightly different take on casino wisdom number 33 And now we're going to do a gambling with Gabriel segment. All right, so I'm just back from the casino. I just did some gambling with Gabriel, and this may be both the saddest and the most educational segment I've done in the entire history of this podcast. To to steal from the greatest teacher ever, if you have ears, you should hear. And then to make that a little bit fun, my uh, the little lion's favorite teacher is Mickey Mouse, and he always says, we have ears, say cheers. So really listen to this, really think about this. And it is sad. It is sad. And it is informative and educational. I really, really believe this. Years and years and years ago, five, six years ago, Gabriel was having a rough time. A lot of losing, not a lot of winning. We were walking by the Buddha statue. I remember it clear as day. And he says to me, TRG, I just don't know what's going on. I just don't know what's wrong. I used to be able to come in here and get a day's pay. He listed a number, a very small number. I used to be able to come in here and get a day's pay and get out, and it just doesn't happen anymore. This place has changed. This place is different. It's not the same anymore. And I said to him, and again, I remember clear as day. I said to him, That's the holy grail. I've been chasing that for decades. That's it. That's the quest. Come in, get a small amount of money, and get out and do it consistently. And he said, Oh, yeah, I used to be able to. I remember it. And I'm not sure he did remember it. I'm not sure he remembers this story. And so I saw him today. And circumstances and events he had lost money playing dice and you know he was finding a blackjack table and and I had just made money on bubble craps and I was finding a blackjack table and so we sat down to play together near the end of a shoe we were just waiting for the end of the shoe and the two other guys were on a smoking hot run and they were so glad we stayed out they were just winning big stacks of chips bigger money than I normally bet and they had a great run they both colored up so now it's just me and Gabriel And my results stink. My results are horrible. So I quickly take a small loss, hit my negative exit, but have some in the win stack. And I just mentally record. I know I'll be able, I'm smart enough that I'll be able to remember, okay, minus, you know, minus five units. I can remember that. And, and that's not a big deal. And I just keep playing. I just add a little money, keep playing, set up the ten ten 10 unit play stack. Again, I keep playing. I don't win a single hand minus seven. I can mentally record that. It hasn't taken very long minus five minus seven or nine, something like that in total between the two tables, which occurred in the span of 15 minutes, 10 minutes, I'm, I'm minus 10 units. So it's time to go from tier one to tier two. Now, mind you, I just lost seven hands in a row, eight units. So I buy in again, tier two, 10 units at tier two. That's double the tier one units. And I don't win a hand. One unit loss, two unit loss, one 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 unit loss, eight units total done. So that's a, big run of losing hands and in some ways in my brain I am going wow instead of doing it at the phd level instead of doing it as the smart I can just do this all at one table level boy I'd have I'd have benefited from getting up after the tier one loss and looking at the buddha statue which honestly was within eye shot anyway and going to the bar and getting a water and and talking to a friend I'd have benefited from all that but It is what it is. I did what I did. I I took my remaining chips, told Gabriel I'd see him later, thanked the dealer, told her I'd tip her next time, stepped away, took out my app, recorded the first air quotes table, recorded the second air quotes table, recorded the third air quotes table at tier two and said, okay, so now how does this work? I have to go to tier three. Tier three means go to high limit. Tier three means buy in for uh, four times the tier one units. And here's the cool thing. If I win 10 units, I'll be done for the day. I'll be good. I'll be done for the day. Just win 10 units. So I go back to high limit. I buy in and Gabriel shows up. He'd lost what he bought in for at that table. So he's big negative for the day. And he's like, I'm not doing this. This is dangerous. I'm not doing this. I'm not playing in high limit. Can't play like this. I get in trouble when I do this. I'm just gonna watch. Do you mind? And I said, No, I don't mind. Of course I don't mind. You know, this is great. You know, hang out. Watch. So I buy in and I win. And I win 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 and win. And I get a black check and I win and I win and I win. I win. I double. I win. And I've got more than 10 units. The Meta Martingale did exactly what the Meta Martingale was supposed to do. I had more than a day's profit great start to the the month uh you know a couple days in a row in the new month and it's all good for me and Gabriel said what would you buy in with and I said 10 units because he his buy-ins are not something I quite understand and here's the sad part and here is the if you have ears you should hear gimmick infringement as I said all those years ago Gabriel said to me, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I used to be able to come in here and win a day's pay, win that very small amount and leave. And that's all I wanted to do. And, and I can't do it. And I don't understand why I can't do it. Gabriel still doesn't know how to do it. He has an advantage. Most of you do not have. He has known me for longer than any of you have known me. He watched. We literally walked out of high limit And he said, so that's it? You're done? And I said, yeah. I said, you just saw the whole thing. You just saw me get crushed at the first buy-in, get quickly crushed at the second buy-in, lose probably the equivalent of 15, 16, whatever it was, hands in a row. And then you go to high limit and then it gets fixed. I said, Sometimes you're going to catch that little pop at tier 1. And you're done and out. Sometimes you're going to catch that little pop at tier 2. And then you're done and out. Sometimes you're going to catch that little pop at tier 3. And then you're done and out. And roughly once of every 30 times you're going to lose at all three tiers. And as long as you walk away it's all right. It's once in every roughly 30 times. And he said, oh, Gabriel still doesn't know how to walk in every day and win that small number that he told me five or six years ago. And he saw me do it. And he saw me explain it. And he still can't do it. So when I tell you that I don't know if you can do what I can do, when I tell you that my past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, I know that's true because the gambler that literally probably knows me best, maybe other than some of you that know me through this podcast and have become friends, ECE, Equine Ensign, maybe, maybe some of you that, that know me that way, but the, the person that's known me the longest that's watched me grow and transform, that's watched me go from a a, a B-plus gambler to an A-plus gambler that knows my results in real dollars, can't or won't do what I do. As I said, perhaps the saddest segment I've ever done. Perhaps the most important segment I've ever done. And it looks like I'm going to go about 10 minutes here back from the casino and be done. You have to be able to apply what I've taught you have to be able, you have to have the discipline to do it the way I do it or improve on what I do and then teach me what you figured out. I don't know if you can't. It, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a little sad and bothersome that my, that my very good friend watched the whole thing and had a losing day and had a losing week and had a losing week before that. And honestly, still doesn't know how to win. And I should have something clever here to say. And, uh, and, and I don't really have anything clever here to say. I hope this helped somebody. I hope this was educational. I hope this was informative. And we're going to do a results segment next. <laughs> All right, well, this had to be a results segment because, quite honestly, we were just too busy with a variety of things to even think, <laughs> to even consider traveling anywhere. In fact, uh, kind of so busy that uh, at one point, I actually had to take a day off, a vacation day, if you will. I had to take a day off from my casino gambling job and to all the time off for my regular job to deal with some things that were going on, uh, at a personal level. And we'll kind of, I, I suspect we'll kind of touch on some of that perhaps as we go through this. So I've got two weeks of results. We are, uh, starting off, on uh, the first day of December. And I, I gotta tell you, kind of one of the, the very interesting, uh, mental, emotional things for me is despite the fact that like all the months going back across, uh, almost the entire year honestly despite all those great positive results i i always start the first of the month and i'm i'm looking at that app and i'm looking at those zeros and i'm going okay got to do it all over again got to do it all over again and and you got to start and you got to do those the, all those pieces again you got to just like any other job right if you're a sales if you're in a sales job and you just had whatever it is, five, six, seven, eight months, great months in a row, record-setting months, record uh, commissions did great, you still got to get up the first day of the month and start selling. And the first thing I'll tell you about this month, and it's going to play out at the end, uh, I'm 100% sure, is that uh, most of my gambling this month is going to be local, and my local comps, gifts, benefits, free bets, all of it has been, been chopped by about 75%. And I've got some theories on why that is. It obviously is not the amount of time I've spent at the casino. Uh, I've got some hypotheses. I can't prove them. And I'm just going to let that go and just say everything got chopped and got chopped hard. So I'm continuing to get all the same thing. I mean, the, the grocery store gift card is still the grocery store gift card on the grocery store gift card day. It's it's just 25% of uh, what it was. It, it's it's much much smaller. I'm, I'm just going to go through as I've been doing. It's all local. I'm just going to go through and pull out uh, a, a couple of things, a couple of ideas, uh, a couple of situations. Uh, the important part of this block of time is really at the end. But I have one I want to pull out here, and I'm just going down through the list. I I end up gambling with Gabriel. We went to the bar, and we had a drink, and we were talking a little bit, and we were talking about that first table that we were at together. And the one thing that someone was doing, I see fairly regularly, is someone was playing two hands, and we were all getting beat up. I mean, I had big string of losses. Gabriel had a big string of losses. The only one that came out of that table good was the house, And the only one that had a winning day was myself, because I went to high limit and went to a bigger unit size and got things back that way. But we're sitting there at the bar, and Gabriel looks at me and says, why would you play two hands? You have to win both to win anything. And a dealer blackjack, you lose both. Why would you ever play two hands? And he's right. He's absolutely right. That's the situation. If you're playing two hands in blackjack, if you... You're either going to lose both, win one, lose one, or win both. I guess pushes on some combination of those is, is also possible. But he's right. Unless you win both hands, you can't win. And he's asking me the genuine question. He's really coming at this not as a rhetorical friend-to-friend complaining about the table we were at together. He's coming at this from the point of view of someone asking someone who, you know, makes a a process of trying to understand all of this. Why would you do this? What would ever be the compelling reason for doing this? Tell me, TRG. Tell me why it would be good to do this. And I just looked at him and said, I don't have an answer. I, I don't. I do not have an answer. I cannot tell you why uh, I would do that. But I've told you that. I'm, I'm in a couple groups. I'm in one paid group, and, and I'm just going to call them the Wiser Masters. Big group of people, very knowledgeable gamblers. And so I said to them, I'll I'll take it to the, the Wiser Masters, and, and I will see if they have an answer. If they have a situation other than a card counter that has an extremely highly positive true count number. I'll come back to that in a second. I'll explain that more in a second. But I I, I went to them and I said, other than that situation, counting cards with a highly positive count, why would you ever play two hands? Why would that ever be useful? And I, I took it to them because I thought, once again, if Gabriel has this question and I don't have this answer, someone else in the podcast might have the same question and I should try to find you an answer. That's kind of my obligation. So I went to the wiser masters and very few of the wiser masters had an answer, but the wisest of the wiser masters said, well, if I was playing and the dealer was doing exactly what the dealer is supposed to do mathematically, which is to say they are busting more than he had some percentage number, I don't remember what it was, but they're busting this percentage of hands or more then I would go to two hands. And I said, oh, okay, great, thank you. And I thought, okay, so we're back to guessing. Or we're doing a lot of math and then guessing that in this situation that math is going to continue. It's a messy answer. I, I don't like it. I did take it back to Gabriel, and I'm bringing it to all of you. And the wisest of wise masters may be absolutely correct. He may be right that if you sit there and you do all the math and you realize that the dealer is breaking the right percentage or more than the right percentage of times, you should go to two hands. I, I don't want to do that much math. I don't see why I'd bother. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't want to do a bunch of math in the moment. That's why I don't count cards, among other things. I don't want to do all this math in the moment when I don't have to. It's not necessary. We've got a very simple, take your pick, either TRG2 or TRG4. We've got a very, very simple, ha he said, it's a whole page spreadsheet. It's on the website, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that this episode. All the charts for TRG2 and TRG4, TRG2 always be grinding, TRG4 win more, keep more. They are all on the website, casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K, uh, We have a whole section there, a Fred section. You can download the charts. You can watch me play them on the the YouTube channel in the TRG uh, Wagering Systems playlist. I don't see the reason when we've tested and tested and tested and we see that they work. I see that they work for me. Let me say that a different way. I see that they work for me. I see no reason to do a whole bunch of math. But that's the wisest of wise masters answers. If you do the math and if the house is busting... Uh, at or above the expected rate for the house to bust, you should play two hands. And let me just wrap this up by going back to my my card counting comment. If you are a card counter, if you are good at card counting, and you get to a very high positive true count, which is to say the cards remaining in the deck greatly favor you as the player and you are at an advantage against the house. That's what the numbers are telling you that you have counted. Then the correct play, you are trying to get as much money on the board as you can. You are trying to get as much money on the table as you can. And the correct play when that happens is to spread out to two or even three hands to try to capture very quickly that moment where things are in your favor. And that is a correct answer to this, but most of us are not card counters. So first couple of days of the month, win, win. Uh, Third day of the month, got a watch and a win. Uh, Bubble craps, nice wins on bubble craps every day. And uh, we're just moving through this list. Picked up a handbag for Mrs. TRG. That was a nice gift. Coming down through here. We're at the 7th, we're winning. We're at the 8th, we're winning. Lots of Tier 1 wins. Lots of Tier 1 wins. Lots of Tier 1 wins. Okay, here we go, here we go. So, As we get to the very end of this time period, as we get to about the middle of the month, as we get to the 15th of the month, I've got to give you the breakdown of all the things that are going on. And perhaps, um, you know, I've bet it all on a good run of bad luck, as the man says. I got in a car accident coming home from the casino. They hit me, I didn't hit them, but that created a bit of drama, created a bit of complexity because my car was, I was able to limp at home, no one was hurt, it's just stuff, it's not the end of the world, but it does create a lot of complexity in your life when your car is barely drivable and you're dealing with insurance companies and you're dealing with the other party in the accident and and you're going through all of that. And as I'm doing all of that, we find out we have a problem with the plumbing in the new home that we just bought. So that is taking a great deal of effort and time. In fact, weirdest situation, if we were in person, I'd give you all the details, but the short version is there was a problem with our plumbing. The problem was caused, we found through paying a variety of plumbers, we found that the problem was because of a plumbing situation, just to make it as brief as possible, 150 feet from our house, across our yard, sidewalk, tree lawn, the entire street, and the neighbor across the street's tree lawn, 150 feet from our house, there was a plumbing problem, and the land was owned by the city, and the plumbing itself was owned by the county. And the county was sure that because of ordinance, blah, 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 we had to fix it. So a real mess. And in the midst of that real mess, I take a tier three loss. Not a ruin for the month so far, but a a really, really, really serious uh, setback, Uh, a really serious negative. And then I took a day off, not because I wanted to take a day off, but because in dealing with all of the things related to a car that wasn't working, having a rental car, dealing with this plumbing issue, I was just flat out too busy to even think about going down to the casino. It just really wasn't an option. So I had a day off, and then I go back to the casino, and we finished the, the two weeks that I'm telling you about here with a second Tier 3 loss, back-to-back Tier 3 losses what had been a really good run coming up uh, of almost two weeks. And you know there, once again, I'm feeling indestructible. And I take that first loss, and I'm not super worried about it. It's really kind of a, oh, too bad that happened today kind of thing. But you take that next Tier 3 loss, and now pretty much all the wins for the month have been wiped out. You know, it's... uh. uh Five days pay loss on the the first losing day, and then a day where you make nothing, and then a second five, almost six days pay lost, and most of the wins for the month are wiped out. And as much as it is not fun to sit here in the glorious Casino Combat Studios and tell you that I took back-to-back losses, I think it's very important that you hear, it is possible, I I always tell you that my past results are not a prediction of anyone's future results, not even mine. I can't tell you that after whatever it's been winning months, that uh, December of 2022 is going to be a winning month. I won't know, and you won't know, till next episode where we wrap up the month. So that's going to be the interesting thing to see. That's going to be the interesting thing to discover, to learn, to find out, to experience. What actually happened? Do I take more losing days? Do we end up with a big negative? Are we going to have this weird anomaly where suddenly after all those wins, we have now a string of losses? I really don't know. And I'm just going to tell you what happens and I'm just going to show you as we do it. And and we will find that out next time. But these two weeks, basically, I ended up positive just about a day and a half's pay. Got a lot of free stuff. Had some fun with my friends. The bubble craps is amazing. The bubble craps is going really, really, really well. But blackjack, back-to-back hits, and then that's the good news, I guess. Despite back-to-back tier three losses on two consecutive casino visits with a day off in between, I still have a profit after expenses of more than a day's pay for this period of time. So there we have it. We are now going to go have uh, some Christmas New Year's discussions in the virtual VIP lounge.
1: A little bit of the bubbly.
0: Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment of Casino Lifestyle Podcasting. Each and every episode, we come to you from the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, where we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. And by virtually everything, I mean literally virtually everything. When you are in the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, you do not need to DoorDash to get what you want. If you want a locally crafted artisanal soda or pop, We've got those. Still sparkling water? We got those. Excellent virtual bourbons? We got those. Excellent vodkas of all flavors? We've got those. We have an amazing virtual buffet. Virtually any food you would like is right back there. From any culture, from any place. Help yourself. Make a virtual plate. Have a party in your mind. Join me in our lounge in your brain. And if you can, press pause, pour something, hang out with me. Make this VIP lounge time, especially today, especially with the way we're going to do this today and handle this today. Pour something, help yourself. Uh, Mrs. TRG just came in. I do not have to work anymore today. I do not have to drive anymore today. I do not have anywhere else that I need to be. And she just came in with a rather pricey bottle for the holidays of a spiced bourbon from a local distiller. Not something I'd ever heard for before, but I have uh, I have poured a, a generous two ounces and dropped uh, one small ice cube into it just to chill it down just a little bit. And uh, I'm gonna take a sip, and it's really actually I'm <laughs> actually that's really good. Uh, so that's gonna be my sip to go with some conversation today. A thing that comes up a lot in the online space, in in spaces where people talk about. Uh, how to handle Las Vegas in particular, a thing that comes up constantly, the constant battle, the constant roar. Take kids to Vegas, and I'm not talking about 21, 22 year old adults that are children of yours. I'm talking about children, children. I'm talking about kids as, as young as three months old. I, I'm talking about, you know, little kids, elementary school kids, and there is a group of people that strongly feel that children have absolutely none, zero place in Las Vegas. And they're another group of people that go, hey, we live here, we've got kids, our kids are fine in Las Vegas, there is no reason not to bring children to Las Vegas. So let's start there, and let's start there, you know, if you were asking me, right, if we were sitting around at the at the bar, in the VIP lounge somewhere together, if we'd gotten to know each other, and you said to me, hey, have you ever taken kids to Las Vegas? What do you think about taking kids to Las Vegas? Well, we never have, but... Uh, You know, my my sister and her husband, they'd really like to go and bring their kids. And since we've been there, they said we should come along. What do you think, TRG? What do you think about taking kids to Las Vegas? And my answer is resounding yes. Yes, yes, yes. Take kids to Las Vegas. They'll love it. It is amazing for children in almost all ways. But here's the thing. You got to do almost all kid stuff. You got to do the stuff you would do with kids that they will enjoy. It cannot be about the adults just having to tolerate the kids and deal with the kids and pass the kids around while the adults do adult stuff. Nah, it's got to be about the kids while occasionally the adults have an opportunity to do some adult stuff. So for example, I would not take children and then go to... One of Gordon Ramsay's premier restaurants, because while Gordon has made an effort to accommodate children, they're not going to be happy there. They're just not. Take them to Bobby Flay's Crunch Burger and get them a burger, right? Take them, take them to Johnny Rockets. Take them to, you know, the the, the pizza place there at uh, Planet Hollywood and and get them a slice of pizza. Do, however, take them to a breakfast buffet. I remember one of the first times I took our kids, to a breakfast buffet at the Flamingo, and the, the oldest was probably 11, I'm going to say, and that means the youngest was about 6, something like that, that's pretty close, Mrs. TRG would be annoyed that I don't have the dates perfectly in my mind, but we take them into the Flamingo, we've, we've looked at the animal habitat a little bit that's right there by the entrance to the buffet, and we take them to the buffet for brunch, and they're like, so what are we eating? like they're going to be told what to eat cuz they're little kids and they're kind of used to being guided and we're like no we're on vacation it's a great buffet eat what you want just make sure you eat something and eat plenty now these are all boys so not a big deal but we're like you know we're going to eat again like at dinner time so make make sure you fill up guys make sure you eat plenty and the first thing that they do is they go is that a milkshake machine and we're like yeah it's a milkshake machine are we allowed to have milkshakes for breakfast? Yeah, guys, you can have milkshakes for breakfast. Go ahead. That's what I mean. Is Vegas good, fun for kids? Yeah, it's fun. They remember to this day, they talk to this day about seeing the flamingos and, and, and seeing the animals and then having milkshakes for breakfast with their pancakes. They thought that was the most cool, amazing things. We structured the whole vacation around them having Vegas experiences that were appropriate to kids. In fact, we did it right before Christmas. The way Mrs. TRG's holiday fell, we got the whole thing set up, the whole house set up for Christmas, full little kid Christmas, family Christmas, all of that. And then we went out to Las Vegas like from the 18th to the 23rd, 17th to 20th, something like that. So it's all decorated for Christmas. Our house is all set up. We get back home on the 23rd. You know, we've got Midnight Mass on the 24th. We've got a great, amazing Christmas day with with friends and family. But the kids are seeing Las Vegas all decorated for Christmas. Great, big, huge, beautiful Christmas trees. All these Christmas decorations. They're seeing special Christmas shows with a Christmas theme. And we took them to Circus Circus to the Adventure Dome. And they rolled roller. We spent a whole day doing amusement park stuff. We spent another day at the Atomic Testing Museum because you know what? I'm that dad. I am. I'm that dad that takes his kids on vacation, but there has to be something educational snuck in there. Got to be doing a little something with an education. So we went to the Atomic Testing Museum and you know we went over and, and went to Caesar's Palace and watched the animatronic statues, the fall of Atlantis. And we let them eat just cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory as a snack. We didn't make them eat any vegetables at all. And we looked at all the amazing Christmas decorations there at Caesar's Palace. We took them over not to Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy wasn't there anymore. We took them to Tropicana and went to a daytime show, a matinee show. So as parents, saved us a little money and it was appropriate to the kids because it was the middle of the day it was not aimed at adults and I'll never forget the youngest one still at the time was a firm believer in Santa Claus firm believer in all of that and he'd been walking around Las Vegas for a couple days and He's been seeing these amazing decorations and he's been seeing statues come to life and fire and water and these amazing attractions and these amazing shows and the volcano go off and the pirates fight on the pirate ship, which they don't do anymore, unfortunately. He's seen the fountains at Bellagio. And so I take him to a magic show and a dude makes a tiger disappear and the young squire is completely unimpressed. He does not know why the other four members of his family are making such a big deal after everything he's seen about a tiger disappearing and coming back. And I just never forget seeing it through his eyes, seeing that part of Las Vegas through his eyes, and after everything he'd seen for several days, a magician making a tiger disappear it was just nothing to to his five or six year old brain, what whatever uh, whatever it was. So absolutely. Children in Las Vegas, and yeah, children in Las Vegas before Christmas, amazing, because the week before Christmas, Vegas is really slow. Vegas is really not very busy. They're just kind of taking a breather before they ramp up into New Year's Eve, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and Super Bowl. So they're kind of taking a little breather because everybody in the country is taking a little breather and getting ready for Christmas. So it's a great time to take your kids. It's a wonderful time for children to see that if it if it fits in your schedule. And I'm not telling you that we didn't do any adult things. And I'm certainly not telling you that we're saints. And I'm not telling you that we're perfect parents or that this is how you would choose to parent your kids. But as I said, the oldest was 11 or 12 He was old enough that people in our home community would occasionally pay him to babysit their kids when they went out at night. And so we would do kid stuff all day. We would do kid stuff all day till their normal bedtime. Just before their normal bedtime, we'd head upstairs in our hotel room and we would make sure everybody got showered. Everybody got clean. We'd make sure everybody had snacks. We made sure everybody had everything they need. Told them, They could stay up an extra hour or two if they wanted to. That was fine. That we'd be back just after their bedtime. Oh, by the way, they had their own separate room with an adjoining door. So it's like, it's your room. Treat it right. Be responsible. You've been to lots of hotels. You know how to act. But watch TV. Help yourself. Have some snacks. Hang out for a couple hours later than you would. We're not telling you you have to go to bed. We're not making you go to sleep. But we're telling you. That while we're not going to leave the casino, we're not going to leave this building. We're not going to leave this hotel. Just like if we were at home, you would go upstairs to bed and you would know we were right downstairs and that would be fine and we're going to be right downstairs. We're going to be 12 floors downstairs and instead of coming down, you would just take your cell phone and you would call us because we don't want you coming downstairs. You're not roaming through things. You're staying in this room and they got it. We'd been enough places for soccer games and wrestling tournaments and, and basketball tournaments and, and all that. They'd done enough traveling for sports and traveling with groups and being part of that that having your stuff in a suitcase to go to a hotel to spend the night to then go do something the next day, that wasn't foreign to them. That wasn't weird to them. They, they'd been through that plenty. They'd been in hotel rooms with teammates where mom and dad were even in another hotel because that's the way the, the tournament or the event worked. So we did have some adult time. We did have some time to go downstairs and have a cocktail and play some cards or sit in the lounge and listen to a lounge act. And to me, that's the way kids fit in. I don't like, and not like it matters what I like, that's not what I'm saying. I don't like when I see people at 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock at night pushing very small children asleep in strollers past the the pictures of the young ladies on the billboards that's towed down the strip that will come to your room if you call them and steal all your money. I, 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 don't, like, I don't like seeing children that are well past when they should be in bed, exhausted, being pushed down the strip by adults with a great big plastic uh, you know yard-long drink and straw in their hand that are stumbling and staggering. Don't like that at all. That is not a way that I would do children in Vegas. But children in Vegas enjoying children's stuff is an amazing, amazing vacation. And we did it a couple times with children at different ages and still had some time to do things that were fun and vegasy for us as adults. And that brings me kind of to New Year's Eve. I'd be a little more careful about kids in New Year's on New Year's Eve in Las Vegas. And let me tell you what why this thought. Is or let me tell you about New Year's Eve in Las Vegas if you don't know. New Year's Eve in Las Vegas is amazing. The casinos all arrange to set off the same exact fireworks at the same exact time from like nine points up and down the strip. So you can see fireworks from wherever you are, and in some cases, you can see the same fireworks from two or three different places at two or three different distances. Mid afternoon, late afternoon, they block off the strip. And about a football field on the side streets, each direction from the strip, they block that off to all car traffic. They get all the cars off the strip and they set up fire trucks and ambulances and dump trucks and gates and fences so you can't get anywhere near the strip with a car. They shut down all the walkways over the strip, back and forth. They shut down all the elevators and escalators that get you up to those walkways. They put barriers in front of it. They put guards in front of it. And you're allowed to just walk the strip. And the strip starting right kind of after dinner time starts to become just, just massive shoulder-to-shoulder sea of humanity, like a river moving one way on one side and moving the other way on the other side. And there are big barriers in between there. So you really can't switch sides very easily at least till you get to the middle of a, to the to the end of a block to a cross street no glass anywhere in Las Vegas by law can't be served in a glass can't buy um, a bottle of, can't buy a bottle of wine in a glass container. you just can't do it and that makes everything more difficult. Most casinos start restricting entry by once again early evening they have stations with bag checks. Stations with ID checks at every door, and if you do not have a hotel key or a high-tier player's card for that reward system, you're not getting in. That means bathrooms can be a problem on the Strip. Depending on what cards you have and how you use them and where you're staying, it's not like you can just say wander, unless you have the right cards, from Caesars down to Mirage and see a, get a meal at... 10 and then come back to something else unless you've got the right cards if you do have the right cards and there's no public bathrooms by the way if you do have the right cards you can get in and out but we've seen lines for bathrooms be 30 40 minutes deep you know restaurants are reservation only like unless you have a fourth tier card from Caesars. Then then you'll get seated. And that's fun. We did that once, Mrs. TRG and I, without kids. But uh, we walked up to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant on New Year's Eve at 6.30 with no reservation. And the standby line was two hours. And we walked up and showed them our card. And they said, we only have these two tables available. I'm sorry we don't have any booths. And, and we had a wonderful time. But the point is, If you don't have those things, moving around can be difficult. And by about 11 o'clock, it is tough to move on the strip at all because everybody is settled in and they are ready where they want to be to watch the fireworks. And it's great. We've done that. And we've done some other things. There are private parties that are great. It's all great. But my first piece of advice for New Year's Eve is party where you sleep or party all night. Because the idea that we're just going to... Normal times in Vegas, I go down here for dinner. We go over here for a show. Maybe we do some gambling there. Then we come down here and do some gambling. Then we go back to our hotel room. You don't want to be doing that on New Year's Eve. You do not. That is a difficult trick to pull off. Time-consuming and expensive. Going to go plan your New Year's Eve around sleeping where partying where you sleep. And then on the topic of children, my firm, firm, firm opinion is... I'm not sure I would take children to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve. I'm not sure they would enjoy it as much as we tried to structure it correctly. I'm not sure the adults would enjoy it. And I certainly would not take them down into the drunk fest that is The Strip, Thinking, oh, we'll just see some fireworks. No, you will be trying to protect your small children from being smothered and surrounded by a crush of bodies. They won't really be able to see anything unless you are lifting them up on your shoulders. The crowd may not be what you would like them to be around. My advice if you're doing kids, book something kid friendly in the afternoon, pretty close to where you're staying. Get back to your room. Right around dinner time or a little before, pre-plan the snacks, pre-plan the food, order something from the food services, room services in the hotel, and watch the festivities on the television and watch the fireworks if you can from the window. Ideally, you do all you do all this with a strip view room so they could see all the people on the strip, and so they could see the fireworks a little bit from the window and a little bit from the television. But I really, I don't, I don't think I would take kids out on the strip on New Year's Eve. And I probably would not lean hard into taking them there on purpose for New Year's Eve. That's just me. That's just how I see it. Thought maybe that might be some useful information for all of you. Certainly a conversation I would love to have with any and all of you sitting around over a drink and this spiced bourbon is really pretty good. Um, I I may have a little more of that here uh, once we wrap up. So, Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Remember your casino wisdoms, everybody. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Always appreciate you. Always glad that we get to spend time together.